workaholic, always working, but never having enough? Do you keep writing down goals, but always seem to get stuck on the way to achieve them? Are you working to sabotage your own success? If this sounds like you, I'm here to remind you that you can have a better life. You can step into your greatness and have all God desires for you. You just have to change your thoughts, speak different words, and create new habits. You can do it, and I can help. Welcome to Your Confidence Reconnected. Welcome back to another episode of Your Confidence Reconnected. It's your girl, EK Confidence, and I'm super excited about today's episode. When I got up this morning, I couldn't figure out if I was more excited for my guest or the topic itself. So I'm going to introduce my guest. Her name is Bernadette Jackson. She's a good friend of mine. She is my sister. She is a woman of faith. She's a mom. She is a fatherless daughter and a transparent truth teller. She teaches fatherless daughters how to create their unique relationship recipe that, that they can experience an amazing relationship the amazing relationships that they deserve. Burnett's Her Way, that's H-E-R, Way One-on-One Relationship Intensive, guides fatherless daughters through a series of exercises to help them discover their father's story. It helps them understand their fear-based responses and identify their transparent truths. This program is near and dear to Bernadette's heart as she openly shares how her own fear of abandonment cycle kept her in undesirable relationships and more importantly, what she did to start experiencing the type of meaningful relationships she truly desired. You can stay connected by tuning in to her weekly podcast, The Bernadette Jackson Podcast. It's a great podcast. And this is where she is redefining how the world views women with daddy issues, one episode at a time. Now, to learn more about Bernadette's story and how she can help, you can also visit her website at BernadetteJackson.com or follow her on IG at Bernadette in Jackson. Bernadette's mission is to make sure every fatherless daughter knows that they deserve amazing relationships. Without further ado, I want to introduce my sister, Bernadette Jackson. Hey, sis. Hey, how are you? I am fabulous. You look beautiful. So do you. I'm loving the colors. (laughs) Thank you for joining us today. This is a topic that has always been near and dear to my heart, but the more I learn about it, the more I get to know you, I am just amazed at the way that we have been able to connect and you have helped me to uncover some of my own uh, daddy issues. So I want to, I wanted you to share your story on my platform and hopefully we can obviously get more exposure for you and what you're trying to do, but truly help some people that may not even know that they need help. Yeah. Yeah. 
I just want to thank you for inviting me on this platform. I really have grown, honestly, just from our friendship, and I so love you. So I'm really oh. thankful to be here. Okay. But um, you know, you when you read my bio, I was listening to all of the things that I'm doing now, and to be honest with you, like that's not where I started. I I didn't start there at all. About I want to say maybe five years ago now. I was in a relationship with a man that I thought that I was gonna marry. Mm -hmm. And he and I had had history, we had grown up together, the relationship was always comfortable. And um, I really thought that it was going someplace. And I ended up on my birthday sitting alone in my apartment. It was dark, it was cold. My birthday is in January, so it's ex expected, but the feelings that I had during my birthday were just weighing me down. I was alone, there was no one that had really reached out to me and I was crying. And I just didn't understand why I was at this place again. And what happened is that three days before my birthday, I had broken up with this guy that I thought would be my husband. Mm -hmm. And so I was just sitting there and I was really in my feelings and I was asking the Lord, why am I here again? Why is it that I just can't experience the relationships that I want? I have been yearning for the type of connection where I feel seen, where I feel loved, I'm supported, I feel safe emotionally, and I just haven't been able to get that. And so the Lord revealed to me in that moment that nothing was gonna change about my relationships until I did. And I was the common denominator in my relationships. Yep. And I'll tell you like, it, I felt like I was punched in the stomach, honestly, because I was like, Lord, how could you say that to me? Like, mm -hmm. you know the type of woman I am. You know what I have always tried to prove. You know that I've always been a good woman. You know that nothing was ever my fault. All of these things. But God said, sit with it. Wow. And so when I did, I realized that obviously he knows. Yes. And because I wanted to see a change, I needed to make a change. And so I immediately began just being radical about implementing different things that I knew was going to bring me to the desire that I wanted. Mm -hmm. And so I started reading books. I started journaling. I started praying. I started getting into my word. I started to do a deep dive into research in trying to find out what was going on. And what I realized in that moment is that everything that I had been doing, the reason why my relationships weren't working is because all of my partners were emotionally unavailable. And the reason why that was all that I was attracting and that was what I was comfortable with was because my own father was emotionally unavailable. He wasn't there, he was absent. Wow. He lived about three and a half hours away. I'm in New York, he lives in Boston, and he never ever took the time to come and see me. Right. I may have had maybe one, two conversations with him a year, and most of those were about 10 minutes where he would ask me how I was doing, and it wasn't really anything of substance. And so because I had dealt with that with my own father and I internalized his absence to me that something was wrong with me, I never really got to a place where I felt that I deserved amazing relationships. And so I just kept getting into these relationships with these men that were expressing the same characteristics that my father did. And so when the Lord revealed to me that it was me and that I needed to be healed and I needed to really just like come before him and just like allow him to just 
heal the broken spaces in my life and really do the work that I needed to do to actually see the healing that I wanted to see, it was then that I started to really understand what my father loss had meant to my life. Mm -hmm. And the fact that that was the lens that I had always viewed relationships with people through, always made decisions through. Everything that I did was through the lens of my father didn't want me. My father was not good enough for him. And because of that, now I have to prove my work to everyone. And so it was just, it was life altering, honestly, when I finally understood that that was the connection that I was missing all that time. And so I spent maybe about three years just doing research, working on myself, not really getting into relationships and just kind of like healing, honestly, just being intentional about everything that I needed to do because I wanted to get myself ready for the types of relationships that I really wanted. And in doing that, God just revealed to me, like in a multitude of downloads, the types of things that I need to do, the steps that I needed to take and how I can get myself from where I was into understanding what the connection was between my father and how I was showing up in relationships because of that. And that is really how I got to where I am today. And it's the reason why my motto is that you deserve amazing relationships. And it's why I do the podcast to redefine, you know, how the world views women with daddy issues. Because right now we don't look at father loss as the trauma that it is. We look at it as it being some indictment against the character of the woman who has had to deal with that and who has survived that. And because I know that that's not true, and people really need to understand and empathize with this kind of trauma and what it can cause in relationships. I do the work that I do. I try to educate the women that I educate and I just create safe spaces for them to learn, grow and heal because at the end of the day, they deserve amazing relationships. I deserve amazing relationships. You deserve amazing relationships. And sometimes we just need the tools to get there and we don't know where to look. And I just have not seen enough spaces where women are specifically talking to fatherless daughters. And so when the Lord told me that this is what I need to do, I gladly and I humbly and I'm so honored to honestly take the charge there because someone needs to. So, okay, let's back this up because you said a lot of good stuff. First thing I heard you say was after you your breakup, you were in a cold, dark place. And the funny thing is, yes, it was January, but that didn't have anything to do with your cold and dark place. And when I think when I hear dark, I think void of God, void Mm -hmm. of work. Okay, so God was not there and you and you but but you seek out God. And that's the missing piece. We sometimes look at what we go through in life. We look at the trauma And it's easy to fall into the victim role and to stay there. You know, it's one thing, if you're a victim, you're a victim, but it becomes a choice of whether you are going to stay a victim. And so I think it's very important for people to, to just take note of what you said. Like you had to start reading, you had to start journaling, you had to become very deliberate about talking to God about the change because he let you know you were not fatherless at the end of the day. It's just the earthly vessel that you had was not present. But then you talked about, and so I wondered, because you said you kept attracting what you were missing. 
were you constantly verbalizing what your father was not doing? Were you always giving life like to that language? It's funny you ask that because honestly, it wasn't something that I was verbalizing, but I know that it was like the undercurrent to the thoughts that I was having. Okay. So I was always thinking about it. And even if I wasn't conscious of the thoughts that I was having, I know that it was always the narrative that was playing in my head yeah. that I needed to prove myself because that's the only way somebody's going to see my value. And it all stemmed from the fact that my father just didn't choose me. And at the end of the day, like now I can say that and it not be something that you know I feel is an indictment against my character because yeah. it's not me. Right. It's a choice he made and it doesn't have anything to do with my value or my worth. But I had to come to that. And until I did, um, my mind was really always just showing me the examples or the um, evidence of what I was already thinking. And so that is why um, I truly believe that it really took a change in my mind, in my body and my soul for me to really get to a place where I can start to experience the relationships that I wanted. Because prior to that, you know, my internal narrative was giving me this false um, story and was giving me all these limiting beliefs. And that is what my brain constantly showed me all and all over and over again, I'm sorry. And that's the reason why I was attracting the types of relationships that I did. Whew. This is so deep. And the reason why I think it's deep, because I told you before, when I first heard you talking about this stuff, I thought this is great, but this doesn't affect, this doesn't apply to me because my father was always in the home. But then you kind of explained how even women who have fathers in the home have daddy issues. And I know I do. And it 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 does stem from some sense of fatherlessness because you can be physically there but mentally somewhere else and you know i love my father i would not ever say anything bad about him but i know that there were moments when he was going through whatever he was going through and I was just kind of figuring things out on my own. We talk about how some of the relationships I had when I was in college, I was, it's, I'm not ashamed to say I was a loose young woman. Yeah. And I justified it like, kind of like, I tried to carry myself like a man. Like, oh, I don't like him. You know, I'm not trying to be in a relationship. I told, and it's like, looking back, I know I was lying. I really wanted true relationship, but it was like, it was kind of like I had the power if I approached it that way. And then to not feel guilt or shame, I drowned myself in alcohol or I stayed high, smoked a lot of weed in college. And that kind of numbed the pain, the lack of love, because that's not true love. It's not even affection. Yeah. You know, it's just sex at the end of the day. And so can you talk about some of the ways you have, some of the ways women like me, women that have fathers might not realize that they have fatherless issues or daddy issues? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, so I define a fatherless daughter as any woman who has um, experienced fatherless due to absence, death, or physical, physically there, but emotionally unavailable. And um, you mentioned that your father was physically there and emotionally unavailable. And those women typically um, struggle with validation issues and wanting to always um, like seek the attention of people who are really going to give it to them. And the reason why they do that is because their father has not engaged with them in any kind of meaningful way for them to really be able to see what a father-daughter relationship is supposed to look like, what um, it means for a man to pursue you or to, to love you in a masculine way. So because those things are really a barrier and, um, you're not really able to see them outside of maybe what you see on TV or what you may witness, you know, going to a friend's house or whatever it is. That is really what the yearning is. It's that you're internalizing that you're not important enough for your father to pay attention to you. And so now everything that you're doing is really just to seek out the attention that your father didn't give you while he was in the home. And so um, I like that you said that when you were in college, you were doing a lot of things to numb that pain. And that's exactly what it shows up as. We do a lot of numbing activities. And this is fatherless daughters across the board where you may shop, you may um, have sex with a lot of people, you may use relationships or monogamy as your way to numb the pain. Um, you can use a number of things, food, alcohol, drugs, so many different things that people use. And what's happening in that moment is that your mind when you're young is not equipped to deal with the pain of somebody constantly um, ignoring you, constantly invalidating you, or you not being affirmed as a child so that you understand that you have value and you have worth by the people who are supposed to love you the most. So because we don't know how to deal with that type of heaviness, your brain will simply just create a coping mechanism around that so that you can survive in that situation. It's not ideal. So when your brain goes into survival mode, a lot of times what happens is that you will then, um, you will then create coping or defense mechanisms. And sometimes they look like your brain is going to put heavy emotions into a box and hide them away for a time where it believes that you may be able to process it and deal with it. And so because that becomes the natural response to like painful um, emotions, uncomfortable emotions, heavy emotions, that is just what your brain, which is a computer, is always going to look at as the response to everything going forward. So now if you know that your brain is always hiding these type of emotions from you because it believes that you can't deal with it, then what ends up happening is that you grow up not really understanding the feelings that you have or being able to process them correctly or wor work yourself through, like, how do I feel and how am I going to make myself feel better? So when these things happen now, what ends up happening is that it doesn't just numb those uncomfortable feelings, it numbs all of the feelings. So the feelings of joy, wow. you know, the feelings of contentment, things of that nature are also dulled as well. Because you know, it's it can't just numb some and not the other. It's it doesn't work like that. It's like all of the heavy emotions, good and bad, are now gonna be put in a box, are now gonna be dulled because it knows that you can't deal with them. 
And so now what you do when you are drinking, when you are having sex, when you are looking for validation, when you're looking for attention, when you're shopping, when you're eating to excess and things like that, what you're doing is you're thrill seeking those positive emotions yeah. because you want to feel more of those things. Wow. And anytime you're in situations where it's like a joyful feeling and you don't feel like, you know, full with contentment and joy and stuff like that, it's like muted. Your brain is like, okay, that was good. We need more of that. So let's see how we can get that. Okay, so we know that we feel that way like when we drink and when we get loose and stuff like that. So we're gonna be drinking more. We know that when we eat dessert and things like that, we're feeling the feelings that we wanna feel. So we start to do that more. We know that shopping gives us a rush. So we're gonna keep doing that. And this is how you then have this trauma cycle of kind of just like thrill seeking the positive emotions while the, the negative emotions are continuing to be dulled and you don't even understand that this is happening until you start getting intentional about healing some of these places that have just been gone like dormant for so long right. and it's only after that then you can start to really feel like you're alive again like the emotions that you're having are in full force yeah. and it's joy and pain but you have to embrace both otherwise you're not really going to be living the type mm -hmm. of life that you want to live Ooh, okay, let's keep going. <laughs> I don't want to get wrapped up in my own emotional. Um, I need this, I need to save it for my therapist. So let's talk about therapy. A lot of times when we have these breakthroughs, because you know I had my own breakthrough with the the stuff I was going through, I did have to enlist the help of a therapist. Mm -hmm. I think that we always talk about. Because once we're on the other side, it's easy to talk about what we did, you know, prayer, journal, talking to the Lord. Definitely. But how important, especially for something like this, how important is it for women to know that it's better to go through it with someone than to try to do it alone? Yeah, I think that it's really important, actually. I think that therapy, I think that being in community with like-minded and like-hearted women, um, all of these things are super important because uh, to be honest with you, there is not going to be a lot of traction that you're going to be making about these type of things on your own. For, for one, you don't know what you don't know. You really don't. And so it's like, as much as you want to heal, as much as you want to get past these things, if you don't know where to look, you don't know what to look up, you don't know what to do, you're not going to be able to do much besides yearn for the change that you want. And so therapy can definitely help you to unpack a lot of the issues that you have. And I say that with a caveat that you're really going to have to go in there and be open about what's going on. If you decide that you're going to go in there and you're going to wear your um, perfection face and you're not going to actually let them know what's happening, they're only going to be able to speak to what you've told them because they don't know you. Mm -hmm. And so therapy can be important. Being in community with people can be important. Um, I talk about this a lot, like developing a routine of resistance is very important because what you don't want is for um, the work that you've done to evolve, to heal, 
to really be reverted when something bad happens or when a trigger comes up or something like that. So a routine of resistance where you know that you have certain tools in your back pocket that you can use should something happen to encourage yourself. You can call a girlfriend that you know is going to speak like or for you, is going to pray for you, whatever it is. You can call your therapist if that's a part of your routine of resistance, but you need to have some tools in place, you know, some resources in place for you to be able to help you whenever you're feeling triggered whenever you need to talk through something or whatever it is. But I am a huge advocate of mental health. What? Let's talk a little bit more about this routine of resistance. Mm-hmm. What does yours look like when you feel those triggers starting to try to come to the surface? My routine of resistance uh, definitely has community, a part of it. It also has um, investigation. I am a big um, advocate for investigating my fears because I know that um, a lot of the things that I do have come from that place, fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, things of that nature. So I investigate a lot. And in my investigation, I absolutely look for the evidence of what it is that I'm fearful of. And if I don't find it, then I just look at it as, okay, this is just the fear of talking and I need to focus on what's true in this moment and in this relationship. So I definitely do that. And then I also really um, stay in my word. I try to go to the Lord about the things that I don't understand and ask for clarity there. And then I try to also like exercise, eat right, and just do things to keep my body physically um, working at optimal speed, honestly, mm-hmm. because those things can also help in my routine of resistance as well. And for me, um, just being consistent about those things yeah. has really helped me to um, to get better at really pinpointing a lot quicker when a trigger is coming and then deciding that I'm not going to respond with a fear-based response that I used to use, but instead I'm going to use transparent truth statements. And so for me, like those statements are really just me giving voice to exactly how I feel in the moment, why I feel that way, and what do I need in that moment to be supported by the person that I'm speaking to. And so doing that has really helped me to know that not only am I in community with people, that but that people are there to help me, that they love me, and that because of that, you know, they do want to see me feel at my best. And because um, I continue to get evidence of that, a lot of the fear that I had previously about being rejected or abandoned goes away. And it allows me now to just come to a relationship my most authentic self, because that way I know that you're getting to know me in a wholehearted way and I'm getting to know you and I'm leaving space for you to do the same. So that's what I have implemented in my routine of resistance. It's still working in progress. So I am still adding things to it, but that's what's on my list right now. That's good. And I think the one of the important things is that this is a daily conversion. You have to show up and do the work every day. You said words like focus mm-hmm. and exercise. And these yeah. are things that you don't always feel like doing. Yeah. You know, fear is easy to sit and rest in fear. But there's a freedom on the other side of that fear, but it's it's like an uncomfortable journey. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to walk through hills and mountains and sometimes you got to walk on glass. Yeah. It feels like you're walking on glass. And I love your story. I love your story of resilience. Um, I love that you are 
doing this for women because some people just get well and it's like, hey, I had to figure it out for myself. You got to figure it out for yourself. And you, yeah. you're not doing that. You are like coming back for the rest of us. So I think that's awesome. Thank you. Let's talk about what's next. So I know you have a program uh, challenge coming up, right? Yes. So let's talk more about that. Okay. So um, I do have a five-day live challenge coming up called Daughter Heal. It is starting on um, April 26th, and it's going to be going through to the 30th. It's going to be exclusively in my uh, private Facebook group, and that is called Her Coalition. So if you would like to be a part of it, you can go to BernadetteJackson.com forward slash community to join. And so um, Daughter Heal is just where I'm going to be talking about what women can do right now in this moment to start to experience the type of amazing relationships that they deserve. There are certain things that are not really um, readily available in terms of resources for us. And there's just some thinking around how we feel about ourselves and how we show up in relationships and the fear that we have around like being completely honest with people about how we feel. And I'm going to be speaking to those things uh, during that five-day challenge. I'm also going to be doing a live story time episode with uh, one of my past clients. And so you'll get to hear about her journey and uh, what that was like. And I'm also going to be doing a case study on Derek Jackson's wife, who is a fatherless daughter as well. So you know, it's going to just be an interesting time. We're going to be doing a lot of like stories. We'll be doing a lot of learning, but it's going to be absolutely just pointing to the fact that I, I believe that everyone deserves amazing relationships. And I want to show you how you can start getting those things right now, even before you're intentional about your healing. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, last question. I feel like a lot of us are walking around in a state of arrested development. A lot of times when people are angry and bitter and cutting you off in traffic and cursing you out in the street, I feel like that is a little boy or a little girl that has never fully learned how to communicate that they are in pain or mm -hmm. they are upset. So I some I usually ask people what they would say to like their eight-year-old self or their 10-year-old self. But I really want you to speak, even though we're going to think of it that way, I really want you to speak to the women that are in stuck in that arrested state of development. For so many years, I was angry and I didn't know why. And I would feel bad when people would talk about my attitude. But in front of people, it was just like a badge of honor I wore like, oh, I don't like you. You don't like me. So what? So what would you say to the women out there that really deep down they want to figure out what's wrong, but they just don't know? Because you gave a lot of good information, but some people are just like, what is the first step that I can take to become a healed daughter? Yeah, I love that question. I think for me, um, what I would say the first step in order for you to really be healed is to A, acknowledge that you have pain there. You're not going to be able to really do anything without first acknowledging that there's pain. And when you start to acknowledge the pain, you're really going to start to feel that there is going to be some things bubbling up inside of you. It's going to feel overwhelming at first. And I just want to put that out 
there that this is not going to be an easy process. But what I want you to do is lean into that and pay close attention to the things that trigger you. Because when we feel triggered in relationships with people, whether it is our coworkers, our um, significant other, our family, our friends, whoever it is, those things that trigger you are indications of where you need to heal. So if you know that you are always feeling triggered when somebody is saying something to you about your weight or about uh, your attitude or about um, how you're spending money and things like that, I want you to start getting curious about that. Why is it that this is hurting me? Why is it that I'm so upset? Is it that I feel that my character is being attacked? Is it that I feel like this is the way that I can feel joy in this moment and I'm not feeling it in other places? So when we start getting curious about ourselves, the same way we're curious about the people that we like, we start to kind of uncover really where we need to start healing. And so my advice would be for the first thing to do is just to start paying attention to what's triggering you, what gets you super upset, what knocks you off course. Those are the things, that's the areas that you need to spend um, special attention with because that's where your healing is going to need to be focused. Well, that's awesome. Thank you so much, sis. Um, You're welcome. The main theme that I've heard throughout this interview is it all starts within, you know, it's so easy to point the finger and it's so hard to just pick that mirror up and look at it yeah. and think that maybe the person in the mirror is the, the problem, or I won't even say the problem, but the first thing that needs to be fixed in order for everything else to be fixed. So I want to thank you. This has been amazing. I am just praying for a breakthrough for a lot of women. I am praying that your ministry just be blessed because this is not easy work that you are doing, not just for others, but even for yourself, because I yeah. think this is an evolving journey. And so I just want to thank you. Please come back again in the future. Definitely. And um, you always have a place here at Your Confidence Reconnected. This is this is a great topic. And I think that it's something we can always come back and revisit. Thank you. I appreciate having have you having me on. And I just want to thank you for this platform as well, because confidence is something that we absolutely need. So the fact that you're speaking to that is really just a testament to your character as well. So I appreciate being here. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, sis. And we will see you all next week on Your Confidence Reconnected. Bye. Bye. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and next week as we talk about trauma and how the traumas of our past keep us separated from the greatness that is to be our future. I hope you all have a wonderful week and I will see you guys soon.